So this is going to be a very special episode today where we focus specifically on side hustles. Are they right for you? How to get started and everything you need to know. So if you've been listening for the past few weeks, you probably heard me talk about the side hustle course that I've been working on with Jay from Fire Drill Podcast. That's at goldcityventures.com. And that's actually launching this Thursday. Now, the crazy thing is because we've had such an influx of people who want to sign up and we want to be able to manage everyone, we only have a four-day launch window. So you'll only be able to purchase this course from the 27th of June until the 30th of June. Now, we are probably going to be launching at a later date, but this is going to be the lowest price point for sure. We have put in so much time, but Jay and I really wanted to give our listeners, our blog readers, people who actually know us and follow us, a chance to get in at the lowest price point possible. So that's what this whole episode is about. We're going to bring in testimonials from beta testers who went through the course, who have landed their own side hustles. We're also going to dig into the whole mentality behind side hustles. And so we explore the mind of Justin, myself, and Julie, and how we've all kind of approached side hustles from different angles, but we all end up on one conclusion. Side hustles are awesome, and they can absolutely transform your financial life. So without further ado, let's hop in. Welcome to The Fi Show, where you'll get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. All right, and welcome everybody back to another episode of The Fi Show. But first, let's check in with Cody. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Justin? I'm actually chilling beachfront. I'm in my friend's house on the ocean in Florida, just having an amazing time getting ready to launch this side hustle course that we've been talking about the past few weeks. What's up with you, man? Well, I just got back from a week-long vacation in Denver, even though you know I lived the most boring, depressing life ever with my 75% savings rate. Uh, <laughs> got to go check out Mr. Money Mustache headquarters, have dinner with some fellow five friends, heading down to Baltimore this week for work, and then another turn to Tennessee for some more vacation. So, you know, just living this terrible, deprived <laughs> life out here, you know, it's, it's, it's bad. But what about the episode today? What do we got going on here? Yeah, man, I'm super excited. We actually have a special third co-host, Jay from Fire Drill Podcast. Jay, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Yeah, so this is going to be a lot of fun. We really want to kind of hit side hustles on the head in this episode. There's so many people who don't really understand how I make money, how people make money on the side of their W-2 income. And we just want to get into the nitty gritty of how you can start your own side hustle, what side hustle is right for you, and everything you need to know about just getting your feet in the water. Yeah, and for those who don't know, we did have Jay on the episode, episode number 15. Yeah, so if you want to dive into Jay, or now we can call her Julie because she's kind of unanonymizing. Congrats on that, Julie. But if you want to get more of her full story, you can check that out at thefyshow.com slash Jay. That's the hyperlink to that. But so, Justin, let's kind of just start this off. I think a misconception with side hustles is that people think you have to be some superhuman type A freak to like go out and work on side hustles when you go home from work. And even in your Boston Globe article that recently released, people are just crapping on you all over those comments. There was like 50 negative comments saying you're a weirdo, saying this guy's too frugal, saying, hey, why is this guy doing all this crazy stuff outside of his day job? I'd love if you could just talk a little bit about what side hustling means to you and how it's kind of helped you, whether it's in a monetary way or just building skills. Like how has side hustles kind of transformed your life? Yeah, I was about to say, I think there's a big misunderstanding, not just for like the ability to do side hustles, but just financial independence and this kind of whole path in general, like that everybody's going out there. And as I was joking at the start of the episode, just depriving themselves, which is so <laughs> far beyond the truth. Like, I don't know another human being who works a full nine to five job who travels as much as I do. So that's just the, the major misconception. Now, that's all that these when you see some of us feature in these articles, that's what they're going to want to focus on, because that's what's weird, right? That's what's different. That's what sells. They want to talk about the crazy savings rates, maybe these odd 
you know, living situations that you may have. And, but then also going with that, there's certain things that I think a lot of us are doing that could be considered side hustles that maybe people don't even think of as side hustles, like with the, the travel hacking. So I don't have a ton of background in actual, you know, the traditional side hustles. I've done a little bit with things like Turo, but I love some travel hacking and the amount of, you know, revenue that that frees up for me since I'm not spending the money on travel, like plane tickets and hotels. I don't really necessarily have to have a side hustle. Now, obviously, anytime you can have another one, that's great. But I have a really good you know, income from my regular job. I'm not spending hardly any money because of the way that I have set my life up and not spending a lot for housing and doing those travel hacks that it's in a way it is like a side hustle. The, the way that you look for these deals, it's almost like this little second job that I have. And so, Julie, to pivot to you, because obviously we kind of live totally different side hustle lives. I'm like full-blown digital nomad where I'm just side hustling, side hustling. Like I don't have a main job anymore, but you're crushing it doing side hustles only a few hours a week. Could you just talk about a little bit how side hustles have kind of transformed your life, whether it's in a financial way or just building your skill sets out? Sure. So I started a few years ago as more of an observer, an outside observer of this world. And I would listen to all the podcasts and the blog and I didn't do anything myself about it. I got a bunch of ideas, but I didn't really think that I was someone that could be a side hustler or could be successful side hustling. Then one day I was eating lunch and I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about selling products online. And for some reason that day, I got the guts to say, maybe I could try this. And it turned into my first Etsy shop, which was a temporary tattoos bachelorette party shop on Etsy. Now, since then, I've made thousands of dollars. I've moved into blogging, and that has also made me a lot of money. And I've become a more confident side hustler. But when I started at the beginning, I honestly didn't think I could do it. So that's kind of how you got into it, Jay. But Cody, I mean, this is something me and you've actually never talked about, even though we co-host the show. What got you started with the side hustles? I mean, I know you had the Frisbee thing, but was that your first one or what did it really look like? Yeah, it was honestly when I first read the four hour work week and being able to make money outside of a W-2 job where I didn't have a boss breathing down my neck, dictating how much I got paid. I was completely addicted to the thought of making money on my own terms. So I remember, yeah, the Frisbee golf company, the disc golf company, that was the first quote unquote side hustle I had. But even doing like Uber Eats on a bicycle, like I remember my first delivery was like $6.52 and that felt so much better than getting that WT paycheck at any internship or any job I'd been at before. So for me, I'm a very rebellious person. I don't like taking orders. I don't like people breathing down my neck. The freedom that side hustling has given me, because like you were talking about, Justin, if you can really create a gap between your income and your spending, and then you can fill that gap with side hustles, you have the ultimate life flexibility. You have no one to beckon to. You can do whatever you want as long as you can kind of keep that gap as wide as it can possibly be. So side hustles have literally transformed my life, and now I can make money as long as I have a Wi-Fi connection. Now, one thing I'd like to ask both of you is, so those are kind of your first adult side hustles, but I feel like with a lot of these stories, we all had something as like a child that we did. I know for me, the first kind of little weird one I had was there was when I would ride the school bus home, there's this kid who was always getting on looking like he was about to hyperventilate from overheating in the Mississippi heat, getting out of football practice. <laughs> and I was just selling him already used like disposable water bottles that I would refill with tap water at my house because he was just dying for anything to drink. And I knew that every day he was getting on that bus and it's like, boom, there you go, 50 cents. And it was not even like, it was a water bottle we had at the house. Somebody had already drank. I just refilled it up with tap water. Now that may not be, you know, completely above board, but did either one of y'all have like a weird, like when you're children, some kind of weird job you did? I was a bad side hustler business partner. So my friend and I, when we were 11, we were making scrunchies for your hair and we made them together. And then the goal was we're going to sell them. I did nothing. And then she had to split all the profits that she made with me. 
And I was like, this is the easiest thing ever. But no, I was I was terrible. For me, this was not a natural thing. Like this was something I had to learn as an adult. And I was not like this growing up at all. So I think my first side hustle was selling Pokemon cards, actually, and Yu-Gi-Oh cards to people on the bus. Kind of the similar bus side hustle situation as you, Justin. I don't know if either of you were into Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, oh, yeah. but that was, oh, yeah. a, <laughs> that was a big part of my early childhood. So I think my first side hustle was flipping some cards on the bus. I traded a holographic Vaporeon for a ponytail one time. The kid was so stupid. Now, the next thing I'm thinking about, too, with this is, so we've all, you know, Cody's now he's being a slumlord. But before he was, you know, in the professional workspace, we're all been in that corporate space. Was there anything that you felt awkward about, like somebody finding out that you're doing some kind of job that may seem beneath you as a corporate employee? Like I know, you know, I had commissioned as an Air Force officer in Colorado Springs. I was doing lift on the side. I was, so I was driving people around since I lived downtown anyway. And I was a little kind of, you know, embarrassed to tell people that that's what I was doing on the side because it just seemed like it was beneath someone like, you know, in that corporate space. I absolutely kind of think people would look down on side hustles for no good reason whatsoever. Like side hustles literally buy you freedom and people will like crap on you if you go deliver Uber Eats on a bike. That's my example because I did get made fun of for that. <laughs> and like even all these little other things, like I had people look up my podcast, look at my blog, and people kind of just give you a pat in the back, like, oh, that's cute. Okay, so my experience has been divided. I actually mentioned the fact that I sell bachelorette party things on Etsy in my latest interview for the job I have now, and people loved that because they like the idea that you're entrepreneurial, and that's like a not threatening side hustle. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. I get <laughs> bachelorette parties. I can see that happening. You seem like someone who's an entrepreneurial person. Now, when you tell people that you have a blog, that makes companies very, very nervous. So that is a side hustle that I hide and that's my more profitable side hustle, but I've actually found the Etsy shop to be like a huge benefit. And actually when I'm meeting with people like VPs in my org, I'll mention that I sell on Etsy and I know it sounds really weird, but then they love me for it and they remember me and they see me as someone who can like be entrepreneurial and crafty or something. So yeah, it's been a total benefit to my career. Now the other thing I was, I was thinking about too in this whole conversation is a lot of people who don't want to do things, now it's not necessarily to make money. Sometimes it's also they don't want to do things to save money because they say, well, you know, time is money and I make, you know, I make $120 an hour. So there's no way I'm doing this. And I'm always like, are you making $120 an hour when you're watching Netflix? Like, <laughs> yeah, time is money if you want it to be, but it's not necessarily making you money. So what's y'all's view on that when people try to tell you, hey, my time's not, my time's too valuable for this? Okay. So I am a high income professional and it may seem, silly for me to chase dollars selling temporary tattoos and printables online. But I'll tell you this, I'm going to pull the mom card out. So in August, I'm going to have my first kid. And that is going to be a life changing experience. If I did not have side hustles, I would 100% have to go back to work. I love my job. I'm not saying I'm going to leave after maternity leave. Don't get me wrong. But I know in the back of my head that because I make $40,000 a year online, I have way more options and I could be a stay-at-home mom or part-time mom or whatever if I wanted to. And this is something that I never really thought about before, but now that I'm just approaching that due date, I'm realizing, wow, like, thank God I do this. And you have someone who is constantly trying to beat down the corporate wall and getting you to quit your job, aka me. 
Yes, exactly. And when we first met, I was trying to get you not to quit your job. So now we're reversing roles. This is great. <laughs> Looks like Cody's just winning, though. I don't see this. Not really like a not a good mate in the middle here. <laughs> he lays it down thick for sure when it comes to this stuff. But I've been been impressed with what you've been able to do with freelancing. That's amazing. Well, thank you. So I actually kind of want to get into that, kind of get into the segments of the course we've been working on, some of the stuff we've been doing with our beta testers. And so all three of us have a blog. I would love, Justin, if you could kind of tackle it first. Again, whether it's monetary, whether it's networking, what are some things that just starting a blog has afforded you? I think it's just such an awesome opportunity that people don't take full advantage of because they see these huge obstacles, these huge hurdles. But if you just kind of hop in and get started, magic happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the, you know, the really interesting success story where I'm making thousands of dollars off my blog. I don't really make anything off my blog at this point. I mean, you know, we just kind of got our first sponsorship thing going on with the with the podcast. But as far as my blog goes, no, but what it does do is it keeps me honest. It keeps me motivated towards the journey. It keeps me focused on it. Like I use that as a space to track what I'm doing and to have a place to go back and reflect on. So if you're getting something good out of it, I mean, the other thing is I have a, I have a really good daytime job, so I don't have to get money from it. I guarantee you that if for whatever reason I was out of work and that became like a necessity because, you know, they say like necessity is the mother of innovation. Like I guarantee you that that blog would be profitable if I needed it to. But unfortunately, you know, I work all day and then I travel every minute I can in my free time. And so I, I haven't been, you know, really given the effort out there that you probably need to, to, to make money out of it. Cause it's not just a, you turn it on and it makes money. And so Jay, as someone who has been absolutely crushing it, especially over the past year, I know Kind of similar to Justin, when you first started, you were making zero. And as of recent, you're making like six or seven K a month off your blog. I mean, how has that transition been? And just what are some things that you've learned since you started your blog? I think it was a mindset shift for me where I had to realize that no one has to lose for you to make money blogging. The reader can benefit, you can benefit, the company can benefit, it can be a win-win all around. And a specific example of when I learned this. So my husband and I did a Game of Thrones budget wedding because we're really weird and dorky. And instead of paying thousands for a florist, I decided to DIY our wedding flowers. And I used this company, 50 Flowers. I wrote a tutorial post on my blog with all these pictures of exactly how we did it. And I'm attracting brides who are nervous about doing their own wedding flowers. They don't want to go with a florist. They don't want to spend the money, but they kind of just need to see a real person and see the pictures that it turned out okay. And it wasn't a huge catastrophe three days before your wedding. So if brides purchase using the link that I linked to in that post, I get a small commission and I've made thousands of dollars on that post. Now, the flowers themselves actually only cost me like 300 and something dollars, but I made thousands back through spreading this through the blog. In that specific situation, I don't feel like the reader loses. I feel like I'm saving the reader money and I'm helping them make a more confident buyer decision. And then I'm making money and the company's making money too. And everyone all around is happy. So for me, it was more of a mindset shift of, making money blogging doesn't have to be this horrible thing. It doesn't have to be hard. Like that was really simple for me to put that together. It was my own experience with the DIY flower company. And ever since then, I've been able to expand that across my whole blog and it's turned into a lot of money for me. Well, I think the important thing is like, especially with us three, obviously I know both of you very well, is that we are trying to deliver value to the readers. Like I feel like people oftentimes mistake being like a blogger or like an online entrepreneur with like a scammer, like you're running some MLM or something like that. But we're honestly all trying to deliver value. Like you said, these people are saving money. They're having a cool Game of Thrones, nerdy wedding. <laughs> you're making money at the same time. So like obviously that is something that we really promote on this podcast. Fire Drills the same way, Millennial Boss, Fly to Fly. All of our websites are 
dedicated to helping people live a better, more intentional lives. So I really do think it's definitely a win-win situation. And so, Julie, I kind of want to point this back at you because this is something that you just talked about, the Etsy shop that you have been selling printables on. And now printables are super cool, something that I'm very interested in because I'm obsessed with passive income. And with the printables, unlike the tattoos that you were doing, you don't have to mail these things out. You don't have to go to the post office and physically send these. You're literally building a product and just watching the money roll in after you kind of set it up and get the marketing, get all the logistics set up. Could you just talk a little bit about what Etsy printables are and how someone else could get started? Sure. So this side hustle compared to blogging, it hasn't made me as much money, but for the amount of time I've put into it, the ROI is insane. Like I haven't uploaded a new listing to my Etsy shop in over a year and I still was able to make $5,000. That's really amazing. So how I got into the printables game, I was selling temporary tattoos, but when you have a full-time job, when you have physical inventory that you have to worry about, I had to order more tattoos if they sold out Or I had to go and take them to the mailbox and ship them out to customers and worry about shipping them on time. That is just one more thing in your mind that you don't really want to worry about. With printables, you don't have to worry about this at all. So I make the printable one time, I upload the digital file to Etsy, and then the customer prints it out at their own home. And they can print them out and do whatever. So in my case, I sell scavenger hunts for bachelorette parties. So these are checklists that I made on like Microsoft Word that you can upload. And they have things that bachelorette parties have to do in the bar crawl, like go find someone with the groom's name and take a picture or buy the bride a shot, like funny things like that. Now, these printables were super easy to make. I'm not some type of creative genius. I'm not an artsy person. They're not even like the prettiest things that you've ever seen in your life, but people buy them and they'll buy them for $7 each. Why would someone buy a digital file for $7? I have no idea, but I don't (laughs) care. This is fantastic. So I upload it one time and thousands of people can download it. So in a sense, you have to do the work up front, but once you do that work, they're the perfect passive income product. Such a cool thing. And I kind of want to hop into this last one. I know we all have experience in this arena and just freelancing or monetizing basically any skill you could possibly have. Now, I mean, I know my own story, Justin, like just even on the podcast, all the cool cover art you see every week with our Instagram and all that stuff. Like Justin had zero experience with graphic design and he just starts crushing it with that. He learned how to do audiograms. He's learning how to be a podcaster. And Jay, I know you've also done multitude of things where you've just gained an incredible amount of skills and been able to monetize. I guess, Justin, I'll start with you. I mean, just talking about the freelance economy, I know you have been kind of time crunched because you travel and work so much, but how has gaining these skills just made you a more complete and valuable person? I'm sure If you were in a crunch, like you said before, you have a bunch of these different skills and side hustles that you could monetize if needed. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of thinking back to what when Jay was talking about how not everyone has to lose. It's not like a one person can win this situation. It makes me think about also how probably a barrier that a lot of people are fighting with and one that I fight with sometimes is realizing that people do value what these skills that you have. There's things that you know how to do that you take for granted that you know how to do and realizing what those are and monetizing them. So like for me, you know, I think about the way it is for me to keep my budget low and that's just it's second nature for me. I don't have to think about it. And I've started to realize, hey, people will pay me to coach them on how to get their finances turned around. And so that's something I've started experimenting with. Again, I need to put some time into marketing myself out there, get my name in front of more people. But when I initially started, the only reason I even mentioned charging to somebody is because I had so many people reaching out to me. 
And I was trying to give them advice because, you know, being a nice person, you want to be out there and help. And then you just had to protect your time at some point. You needed to start charging people at some point. So I did and talked to some people who were kind of in that space. And I still, I charged like half because I just felt weird. I felt like I'm not qualified for this. So I charged, you know, half what everybody else was charging and the people loved it. And I was like, you know, I don't have to feel bad about charging somebody for something if they want it. You know, they, it's not like I, I conned them into it. They came asking for it from me. It's a skill that I have that not everyone else has, even if it does seem easy to me. So I think that's just the one advice I would have for people is, you know, don't belittle yourself. You you do have skills that are valuable and don't minimize those. Absolutely. And so, Jay, I'd love if you could talk a little bit about something I think you just focused on there, Justin, was like the imposter syndrome. And I've definitely, I'm like, who am I to tell someone how to do this thing? Because of course, there are other people who are probably better than me at X. But that doesn't mean that I can't help someone like you were just saying. Like literally the other day, I had to help someone BCC someone on an email. And to me, that's like not a skill whatsoever. That's just something that's kind of second nature. But it's something that not everyone knows how to do. So if you can kind of help people out in that way, like you said, it's a win-win. It might be a second nature skill to you. But if it's something that you can help other people do, you can monetize that. And it's not feeling bad, like you said. It's You're delivering value and you're trading that value for money. So Jay, could you talk about some of the skills that you've gained and how you've been able to monetize those? Or maybe you haven't monetized them yet, but you have them in the arsenal if needed. So I definitely feel that I have a safety net of freelancing skills. So if I lost my job in a second, I would be on Fiverr and Upwork, which are marketplaces where you can find clients in a heartbeat. And I know in our course, we teach people exactly how to do that. But my perspective is a little bit different because I actually hire freelancers. I have paid thousands of dollars because I have revenue of of thousands of dollars, have people help me grow that business. And when I have a full-time job, I need these people because I can't be doing it all myself all the time. And my expectations of them are that they're not experts. I think people are afraid to get started because they're thinking, oh, the client wants me to be an expert. I'll be honest, I don't want to pay someone for their expertise. I'll have to pay them like $200 an hour. I just want to pay them 20 bucks so they can do something for me for 15 minutes that I don't have time to do. And I think for people, they think they need to be way further down the line in expertise to even offer the services. I think for me, it was so transformative when I realized that people would pay me for like random stuff. Like I remember reaching out to a blogger one time. This is like early in my blogging career. And I wanted to write an article for their site, like a guest post. And after I finished, they gave me $50. And obviously that's like not an astronomical amount of money, but just realizing that you could get paid for little random things like that. And I know you mentioned Fiverr and Upwork. We do focus on marketplaces like that, but even through your network, people will pay you to do the easiest, simplest tasks. Like you could write an email for someone and they'll give you like 15 or 20 bucks. There are just so many ways in this digital age in 2019 where if you have just a base level of a skill. So for me, I've primarily focused on freelance writing, audio editing, some graphic design, some email marketing, some affiliate stuff. But if you have like the base level knowledge of any of those skills, going back to what Justin was saying, there are people who don't have those skills. Either they don't want the time, they don't know how to learn it, and they will pay you to do the simplest tasks. And it's something that you could literally probably watch an hour video, get up and running, and start monetizing that immediately. Yeah, and the other side of it is, especially with things like Fiverr or the printables, is what's there to lose, right? I mean, say you suck at it and nobody wants <laughs> to buy it. I mean, so you lost a little bit of your time. You didn't have to pay rent on a store. You didn't have to you know, order a bunch of inventory. Like, There's a lot of things out there that you can go give a shot at, dip your toes in the water without having to worry about setting yourself back. So Julie, before we kind of wrap this thing up, I'd love if you could talk a little bit about what the course actually entails. Because I know for me, I had no clue what taking a course even meant. Like, is it you go and show up to classes with other people, you're doing this all online? Like, could you just talk a little bit about how the course is structured? 
So we offer three tracks, Etsy printables, blogging, or freelancing, and you choose one of the tracks up front. We have videos for all of them that take you step-by-step how to get started. We also have printables that you can print out at home where you can check things off as you go along just to help you stay on track. And then the third component is that we have bonus lessons provided by experts in our community. Examples, I know you've had Grant on the podcast. He talks about search engine optimization in the blogging one. We have a travel blogger who teaches you how to get comps travel opportunities. I know a lot of us in this community, we love traveling for free. We do travel rewards and all of that travel hacking. She teaches you how, as a blogger, you can work with brands and you can get trips for free in our course. So beyond these type of bonus lessons, and we have them in every single course, Etsy, we have them in blogging as well as freelancing. We also offer 30 days of free coaching. The lessons and the videos, those should be enough to take you through creating this completely on your own, but it's more fun if you do it with other people. And Cody and I actually wanna meet you and get to know you and support you as you start these side hustles in person. So you have 30 days free coaching from us in our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group. And every week we're gonna do a live where you can watch and ask us questions. And also if you can't be there for the live, you can also watch the replay. So this is a full coverage course and we're so excited to help you guys get started and create your own income streams. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I'm, I'm really excited. I love that you mentioned like the experts. Like we have people from literally all across the board and a bunch of previous guests. Like we have Paula Panton for freelance writing. We have Steve Stewart who edits your podcast, Jay for audio editing of just all these awesome people who are so kind to kind of just drop in, share all of their industry knowledge and help you get started, help you just at least get your foot off the ground. Cause that's honestly not that difficult. That's like one of the biggest things I hear from my friends. They're like, Hey, how do you make money online? I'm like, I can literally show you in five hours how to make money online and you could go monetize tomorrow on say like a Fiverr or Upwork or just doing random stuff for people. It's honestly so transformative and crazy. So we've been working on this day in and day out. I've definitely sacrificed a lot of sleep. Jay has been grinding as well. We've been absolutely busting our butts getting this thing ready and we are so pumped for this thing to finally launch on Thursday. And so we actually, something that we didn't mention is we have a four day sign up window because we want people to be kind of going through all the modules, all the lessons, all the lectures at the same time. So when you're in the Facebook group interacting, like you're also on week one when someone else is on week one. So we have a four-day launch window from June 27th to June 30th, and they're going to be closing the doors for a couple months just so Julie and I can kind of bring the reins in, make sure everything's working properly, make sure we can provide maximum value and attention for all of our course takers. Yep, and I'm totally having a baby at the end of August, so we can't stop that train, guys. <laughs> so if you if you want to get in this course, get in now. And we should also mention, too, that the price right now is 197 We are offering this as the lowest price ever to our listeners on both of our podcasts, as well as our readers, just to say thank you for their loyalty and for following along and learning with us the past couple of years. For the second launch, we're definitely going to have to raise the prices, but we definitely wanted to just this one time give everyone access to the lower price point. So it's $197 now through Sunday, but after that, we'll have to raise it. Well, Jay, thanks for coming on and being that kind of third co-host today. I think this was a, a really awesome and informative thing, and I'm excited to see what happens with your course and actually jump in there myself and take a look at it and hopefully get some reviews out there for people. But I know between you two, you're actually doing it. You're actually making money. So this is definitely not one of those scam things. You guys have been in the game long enough. You're actually making money. So it's cool that somebody like you guys who we know personally are doing this, and this is not just some random third-party entity. So good luck on everything, and I appreciate you coming on to help us out with the episode. Thanks. And Jay, I know we've already had you on once before, but if this is somebody's kind of first exposure to you, where should they go to contact you to learn more about your story? They can check out my podcast, Fire Drill. Go to firedrillpodcast.com or my blog, millennialboss.com. 
So usually that music indicates that this is going to be the roundup and the episode is over. But in this episode, we have a few testimonials that I'd really like to highlight. I have my own personal friends from childhood through the blogosphere. Julie interviews her sister. She also interviews other people who have gone through this course, who gave us their feedback, their experience, and their testimonial of the course. Let's hop in. All right. So if you were listening last week, I had James from Rethink the Rat Race on, and he was one of my beta testers actually for the Side Hustle course. And so James, could you just tell me a little bit about what you thought about the course, first impressions, if you've made any changes on your site, if you have any mindset shifts, revelations, anything and everything you want to tell me? So can I say all of the above? Because <laughs> absolutely. after looking, I mean, my wife and I, we've been blogging for two years and you know we thought we were doing pretty good at it until I started your course. And then I realized all of the things that we were doing wrong. And it was a lot of things. I'm talking literally (laughs) from the beginning to the end. So far, I have found at least two or three actionable items on each video that I, that I'm having to take now and go back to the blog and do SEO, do, you know, different pictures, do, I mean, literally everything. So it's, uh, it's been very helpful. It's changed the way that we write. It's changed the way that we structure our posts. It's changed the way that we make our photos, every single thing, like, our, our blog is going to be completely different now because of this course. And so the course is called Blogging for Profit. And I know you guys haven't really focused too heavily on monetization in the past. Is that something that you're looking to do going forward? And do you feel like you're more equipped now to start making money with your blog in ways that feel ethical and rational? Absolutely. So like you mentioned, we haven't really tried to monetize our blog that much, but we would be open to doing it in a way that doesn't compromise what the blog is and what it stands for. And so anything that we can do to, you know, bring helpful content to people. And actually, if anything, this means that we can get in front of more people through the SEO and things like that. So our message could try to reach more people about financial independence and things like that. And so if it's not even about monetization, if it's just about getting in front of more eyes, if the goal is to spread the message, then this is incredible for that, too. And I think it's important because I showed a bunch of people your episode last week because I was bragging And people have no way of even knowing you're out there, you know, like it's really hard to get people unless it's mainstream media, which is usually crap in the financial independent space. It's really hard to get this message out there. So if you're on top of things like SEO and advertising and spreading your message to the masses, that's something that can really help a lot of people. Like I'm just thinking, honestly, off the top of my head right now, you do so many DIY like home improvement videos. If you're like, hey, these are the exact vinyl flooring pieces we used and it's like an affiliate link, it helps people out. You let them know how difficult or how easy it was. You let them know what the total cost was for you guys and then other aspiring homeowners and real estate investors know exactly how to replicate what you do and you get paid a commission on it. So I think there's definitely so many ways where it can be a win-win. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, I mean, just just based off the the flooring thing, like if I'm describing how to do it and you go out and buy a different type of flooring or a different pattern or a different style, then it's no longer applicable. The idea is the same. But if I'm literally doing a how to on this type of flooring using this type of flooring and you can see the pictures of it and everything like that, that we post of our properties, then if you like that, I mean, it makes sense that we would link to that so that you can find what you like. And it also helps us out so that we can continue to produce content. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you running through the course. It definitely helps us out shape the course and know what's wrong, know what's right. If people want to kind of catch up and maybe if they didn't catch last week's episode, you can go check that out on the com slash RRR for Rethink the Rat Race. But James, where is the best place to reach you, whether it's social media, email? 
Yeah, so the easiest place to reach us would be the blog, RethinkTheRatRace.com. We're also pretty active on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're more active on Instagram or Twitter. And hopefully, you'll come to the site and it'll look completely different in a couple months. Sweet, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks. So I'm here with Nicole. Nicole, tell everyone about yourself. Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm 28 years old. I live in Seattle, Washington. I am very new to the finance space. I wouldn't call myself a a very financially savvy person, but when I heard about this course and the potential to, you know, make a little bit of passive income, I thought this sounded like a great idea for me. So let's real talk since we're sisters. You've known that I've had this Etsy shop for years and you and I have spitball different ideas because we're both in similar ages and we've go to a lot of bachelorette parties and you know that I have the shop. And you're always like, wow, I could totally do a better shop than you, Julie. And But you never really like took action to do it. Why did you never actually do this before? I think for me, the biggest barrier was the time commitment. I work in a job that's pretty demanding. A lot of times I do have to bring you know that work home um, and I'm busy. I have a dog. I'm, I'm just always busy and, and doing things and was worried that I wouldn't have enough time to devote to, to actually making something that was high quality. When I found out that you had kind of aggregated all of the resources that I would need to be successful in one place, that was a huge game changer. And as soon as I logged on and could see that everything I needed, all of the information from how to open your first Etsy shop, how to create your first printable, how to market it so it actually sells, you know, everything was there for me. So I think it just saved me so much time and just simplified the process so much. So I definitely appreciate you giving this a try. And we have a big win to share everyone that came through last night. Tell everyone what you did yesterday. I posted my first Etsy listing. I'm called the Printable Fairy. You can go check me out. I am going to be selling bachelorette printables. I'll probably expand my line to include wedding and other events. I'm super excited. You have created a monster. I am going to blow your sales out of the water. And so thank you. Challenge accepted. So as you were going through the course, what was really great about having a sibling do the testing is that if you got stuck at all, I knew I got a mad emoji text and you would tell me exactly what was wrong. So I've taken a lot of online courses. You haven't. So as someone who's literally never taken an online course before, let's start it back at the beginning. Like, What was it like when you just got the email, you clicked it and you went into the course? Just tell people what it looks like so they can get a sense of what's in there. Yeah. So as soon as you you click in, there's an assortment of both video instruction and then also text that, that kind of recaps what you've heard in the video along with any links that you might need. It's divided into chapters. So the way I approached it is I did one kind of chapter per week. And then there are also assignments to kind of keep you motivated and accountable. I also liked there is a Facebook group that you can join with other members who are taking the class at the same time as you. So you can share ideas, you can ask them questions. You know, for me, I had access to you to ask questions all the time, but I think for the average user, that that Facebook group is going to be key to holding them accountable, but then also making sure they're part of a community where they feel like their questions are being answered. Yep. And part of the course is that in the Facebook group, Cody and I will be in there once a week doing Facebook lives to answer their questions. And then also we're paying Etsy experts to be in there with us to answer questions. Now, with people, though, when you were texting me the questions, the answer I'd tell you is that you have to go back to the text and go to the next lecture and read it because I wanted to make sure that the experience that you had would be true to someone taking the course. 
And what was really cool about you going through this, and I hope you're not embarrassed about me telling you this, is that I would say tech-wise, you were a little bit in a different place when it came to taking this course. We had an issue with scrolling where I asked you how the first module went and what'd you think of the videos? And you said, okay, I like the videos, they were good. And I asked, what'd you think of the summaries? And you were like, what text? I didn't see anything. And it turns out that you didn't know to scroll underneath every video, which has all the, the text. So we, we got through the scrolling and now I have a nice prompt at the top of the video saying, please scroll down to read the text. So I will tell for everyone who doesn't consider themselves a techie type person, Nicole here has already tested for you and every usability thing that she's pointed out, we've incorporated that feedback into the course. And now it's much more, I mean, it already was like a simple thing, but if you had never taken a course before, I can see why you wouldn't know that there's text under the video. Yeah, I stand by that. It wasn't clear. (laughs) (laughs) So now there's a sign, you scroll down, you get all the good stuff. So let's talk a little bit about the actual process of creating the printables. I know that that was something that overwhelmed you a little bit at the beginning, the idea that you had to create these printables yourself. And I don't know how you feel now, but what you had built it up to be in your head and what it actually is, is that the same? Yeah. So my original assumption was that I would need to have more design experience, which surprisingly is not true. I used Canva as my main software. And at first I felt it was a little bit difficult to figure out, but once you kind of got the hang of it, it was pretty easy. So, you know, as soon as I learned that, then kind of I was off to the races and I was creating different versions of my printables. I was using Acrobat to make them editable for customers So actually, the learning curve was not quite as steep as I anticipated. So that's great to hear. You just mentioned some two buzzwords, Canva and Adobe, which I know those were things that you had no idea what they were before. I knew what Adobe was. You knew what Adobe was. Okay. So for anyone... living under a rock. Okay. So for anyone who is listening that doesn't know what these things are, tell us first, are they free tools? Because that's a concern of someone starting. They're wondering, I'm buying this course, do I have to buy any extra stuff? Like, tell them, have you had to buy anything since you put up your first Etsy product? So Canva is a free tool. I did not need to purchase that. Adobe Acrobat for editing printables, there is a monthly cost. What I have done is all of these tools, Adobe Acrobat, PicMonkey um, for text, there are a number of tools out there that will offer a free trial period. So if you feel like you have a week where you can really create and spend the time to do so, I would suggest doing the free trial. And if if it's something that you don't think is going to give you a good return, then you can cancel it after the trial period. But that would be my suggestion. Great. And you don't have to use any of the paid ones. I mean, Canva, which is a it's like an online Photoshop tool. You don't even need to download anything. You just go to canva.com and sign up for a personal account and it's free. You can use that to create them. So, Nicole, you got your first listing up yesterday. You're feeling jazzed about it. Officially, the beta testing is over. So you are released from your duties. Tell everyone, are you going to be hanging out in the course with them in the Facebook group and continuing this thing? Yes, I am. And you will see me engaging in the Facebook group. Again, my store is called The Printable Fairy. Awesome. Well, Nicole, I'm super proud of you. It's really excited to share this experience with you. And now last night we just nerded out on Etsy together and I've been waiting like years for this to happen. So I'm super excited and I can't wait. I hope that you do blow my shop out of the water and I'm really excited to watch you crush it and watch this shop grow. Oh, one thing I want to ask you though, what do you want to use this money for? So I would like to create a shop that is providing me with passive income, which is why I thought the printables would be a great product. At this point, 
I would like to save this money for future use. You know, I am saving towards potential down payment for a house or a property of my own. So I think having a side hustle would be a great side income channel. Thanks, Nicole. All right. So I'm joined here by my friend, Nick Monfrida. We've been friends for a super long time. I've always been pushing him towards side hustles, towards kind of the freelance economy, telling him that there's all these different ways that he can monetize his passions. And just recently, after getting the run through as a beta tester on the course, Nick has actually been able to monetize one of his passions that he's been super passionate about for a long time. So Nick, could we just hop into it? And could you talk about what that thing is that you've been passionate about? And then also, what are some of the hurdles that prevented you from starting the side hustle earlier? Yeah. Hey, what's going on, Cody? It's good to talk to you. Good to be on here. You know, just getting to your point, some of the things I've been passionate about growing up, I've been into golf for the best part of the last 10 years. And I've always wanted to make money with golf in any way possible, but I just never knew how to begin. Well, something that's been super cool as you've been running through the course as a beta tester, you've kind of been able to combine your passion with a side hustle. And I know just recently you landed an audio editing gig after running through the course. And this is in that same golf arena of your passion. So could you just talk a little bit about that and how that all got started? Yeah. So I had a buddy who was running a golf podcast. I was pretty interested in it. I started talking to him about it. He was, he was pretty busy with everything he was doing and he needed a little help with the audio editing of his podcast. So with Cody's course, I was able to, you know, just in a few hours, learn basics on audio editing and felt like I would play a, a good role in his podcast. And I always thought that you had to be a professional in this type of line of business. But it was so much easier than I anticipated after just a few hours in the course. Well, that's super awesome to hear, man. I'm so pumped that you're finally getting started on this golf side hustle that we've been talking about for years at this point. And just thanks so much for being a beta tester for the course. It really helped me out, kind of shape the course, help deliver more value and fix the things that were wrong. So thanks for coming on today, man. Yeah, no problem, Cody. It was a good time. It was good talking to you. And thanks for everything. All right, so I'm joined here by one of my hometown friends, actually, Jesse Bowie. And Jesse was kind enough to run through the Blogging for Profit course as a beta tester. He's been kind of fumbling around with a few ideas, but never quite executed. So Jesse, how are you doing today? And then I'd love if we could kind of get into some of the nitty gritty and some things you've learned from the course. How's it going, Cody? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I've actually been really loving the course. I've been going through it, and it's really helped me get started with making a website for what I'm doing. I'm a personal trainer, hopefully getting into online trading. So it's really helped me. You guys, you and Julie, you guys really made a great program. And it's really, it gets to the nitty gritty. It helps me kind of understand how to manage a website better and how to branch off of it as well. And it's just given me like a different platform and how to like expand my influence that I really want to give to people. So it's really, it's, it's really well written course. It's, it's, it shows you step by step. Like you guys do a phenomenal job at that. And it's helped me create the website that I'm working on right now. I haven't made it live yet, but it's definitely been, it's been amazing going through that process and you guys helping me. So I really appreciate that. Well, appreciate you, man, for all those kind words. Cause we, absolutely poured thousands of hours trying to make this course as easy as possible. And I mean, just for some background, you've been in like the personal training space for a while. I know you're active on Instagram. I've actually competed in some of your, your 30 day ad blaster challenge and a lot of cool stuff like that. But 
you had never taken the steps to actually build a website. Could you talk about that process? And a lot of people think that's such a barrier to starting their own business. They think you need to be some web developer or you need to go to school for computer programming. Could you talk about how that process went for you? Well, I've tried to go about making my own website. It was a little scary. I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't see much progress. So I kind of dropped it. But Ever since signing up for that course and you guys making it just as easy as possible, like you said, you guys put in thousands of hours into it. It definitely shows. And it just made it run so much smoother for me to be able to create this website. It really gave me the confidence. It really just made things just smooth. And it didn't seem like a hassle at all. And you honestly don't need to be some type of tech genius to get into it. It's just... They show you the basics, like Cody and Julie, they show you the absolute basics and how to do it so well, learn so much in like the most simplest ways. Yeah, we were kind of trying to cut through the crap because I've taken a lot of courses where it's like 25 minutes of fluff and then like one minute of something good. So especially in those beginning modules of building your own website, it's just like, this is exactly how you set your website up. And I kind of want to pivot out of the nitty gritty for a second because something like personal training, a lot of people might be like, oh, I don't need a website, but... I think, and clearly you've recognized that like having a website in almost any business can exponentially help your growth, like whether it's securing clients, whether it's finding people to collaborate with online. So could you talk about like why your business in specific as a personal trainer needs a website? Because people be like, oh, a personal trainer, you only do that in person. So for, I, I completely agree. I mean, having a website for any type of business is such a great platform for you because it's, it looks professional in a way just to have a website. But it also is, like I said earlier, it's a great way to expand your influence because once you have a website, you can add so many things to it. You can add like a newsletter to send to people. You can add programs as a personal trainer in my case. That's why I want to lean into more online coaching because it would be easier to reach out to clients as well and just be able to build a repertoire. And you can just add anything to a website. You literally can like payment plans for program or selling apparel, anything like that in terms of personal training. But having a website literally is like the main thing you need to have if you want to start a business, I believe. Absolutely, man. And I can't thank you enough for running through the test. I know you've sent me some edits like, yo, bro, this isn't quite working right. So hopefully this is a mutually beneficial relationship. Like we're helping you out build a website. You're helping us out as a beta tester. Really hope you start crushing it in the fitness stuff. And just thank you so much for joining me today. It really provides a lot of value to other people who might be afraid to start that first website. Thank you, Cody. I really appreciate you having me on the show and really sending this course over. And if anyone is interested in making a website, I 1000% recommend it. They make it so easy to do it. And it's honestly, it's a very descriptive, very nitty gritty, but it's, it's so simple that anyone can do it. All right, man. And if there are people listening who are interested in this fitness stuff and you could probably help them out, is there any good places that they can reach out to you? Maybe get a workout plan and start to learn a few things. So a great place to find me is either on my Facebook page or my Instagram page, which is both at jessiebuie.fitness. That's J-E-S-S-I-E-B-U-I.fitness. And also reach out to my Gmail right now because uh, it's the same exact thing at Gmail, jessiebuie.fitness. Great ways to contact me. And once my website is live, I will definitely be able to expand on that. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate it, man. Man, Justin, I was super excited to do this episode just because I see so many people who struggle with 
getting over the mental barrier of side hustling. So many people are so scared to start. And as we kind of dispelled in this episode, you don't have to be insanely creative. You don't have to be this superstar. Like side hustling is literally something that everyone can do if they put a few hours or even a couple of minutes every day towards something that they're passionate about. Yeah, it's really cool just to see the variety of things that are out there. And the other side of this too is a lot of us who are on this path to financial dependence, we're always worrying about, you know, what do we do? Where we're going to find money coming in from if we quit our jobs and we realize... Ah, uh, you know, we didn't do the math quite right. Well, this is, gives you actually something to do about it. This gives you a, a type of insurance against maybe you got a little too aggressive with your estimates and you do need to make some more money after you retire. Well, this gives you that path to be ready for that. It gives you some more skills and it just gives you another avenue to not only increase your speed to financial independence, but a little insurance on the back end. So it's just a, it's a good thing for everybody to give a shot. And anything that can maximize that gap, like I was talking about before, between your income and expenses literally every single dollar is so much more freedom. Like if you can cut your expenses down to our crazy levels, I know Justin, you're spending what, like 20 grand a year in Boston. (laughs) If you can fill in those gaps with side hustle income, like you don't need a corporate job. If you really hate it, if you have some extenuating circumstance, if you have a sick family member you have to care for, if there's any kind of circumstance, you could probably stay home just because you've created that gap and you have some kind of income stream outside of that W-2 job. So I really do think side hustling is right for everyone. Like no matter if you have five minutes a week, if you have 20 hours a week, there's something that you can do in your spare time, some kind of skill you can build to start making money on the side. Yeah, tell it, Cody. Whoa, what was that, Justin? Uh, you know, Cody, it's a darned old call to action. And this week's call to action is all about what we've been talking about. It's about these side hustles. It's looking introspectively at yourself and thinking about what is something that I paid money for that really wouldn't have been that hard to do myself? Or what is something that I know how to do that all my friends always seem to comment on like, oh man, how are you so good at that? Or I wish I knew how to do that. What is just something that you can do in your free time, especially if you can think about something like those printables where it's completely passive. If you're worried about your time, then think about that. Focus on something that's passive. But whatever it is, just Go home, look inside and think, what is something I can do to make a little extra money, push that gap a little wider and really push the throttle on that path to FI? Well, obviously, I am a huge proponent of this week's call to action because side hustles have transformed my life. If you want to hear a little bit more about the course, about different side hustles, you can visit today's show notes at thefyshow.com slash side hustle. So we'll put the show notes there at thefiveshow.com slash side hustle. And also, if you want to be talking to me and Justin more frequently, not just hear us in your ears, join our Facebook group at thefiveshow.com slash community. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you've been loving it, you've been getting valuable information, please leave that five-star rating and review. It really helps us out, and we really appreciate it. It keeps me and Justin going, keeps us motivated, and thank you for listening. See you on next week's episode of The Fi Show.